Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Creative Source with me, Andy Osho. This is the podcast about creativity. I didn't even say this all last time. This is the podcast about creativity for the creative in you, no matter where you are on your journey, could be starting out, could be mid-career, could be coming back into the creative arts, doesn't matter. We're going to talk about everything related to working, living, existing in this world. Last week, we started a... Well, hang on a minute. First of all, Patreon patrons, thank you as always. You guys are keeping the lights on. You're allowing this podcast to just... Uh, I mean, it would exist without you guys' support, but it just makes it, it smooths the path so much more to have your wind under my wings. <laughs> Is that a good analogy? Does that work? Um, it really makes a difference. And, um, you know, for anyone who has not um, created a podcast, they're not free to create. They're not expensive. It's not like putting a TV show on, but it does come with some costs. So therefore your support on Patreon and on Acast makes a huge difference. So I just want to up top say thank you, thank you, thank you. So last week we started a conversation about success. I wanted to kick off the season with something that we considered to be positive because the first episode of the very first season was about rejection, something we considered to be, I guess, a negative or, or, you know, it's not something necessarily one would think that they would want to encourage into their careers, no matter what field they work in. So I thought, all right, let's start with something that we consider positive and let's see if we can like dig a little deeper and find out more about what that really means to us in our chosen careers. So we started off talking about success and how, um, 
the sort of uh, uh, general superficial perception of it is about trappings, money, um, ex- uh, you know, material items, uh, uh, having those things uh, being an expression of someone's success. Then we start to talk about, well, all right, maybe just doing what it is you love could be a form of um, success or just getting satisfaction from what you're creating. That can be a type of success. And I was giving examples of, of like when I sit down to write. Um, and I'm sort of working on another draft, uh, well, working on the next draft, should I say, of Tough Crowd, which is my second book. And uh, uh, when I forget about all the logistical stuff that goes with, you know, what what I'm trying to create, the actual act itself is just a delight. It, it just really is. I love writing so much. And so for me, that can be a success. And we also said before that, that, you know, uh, it's up to us as creatives to define what success is for us or what our success is, should I say. We're not defining it necessarily for other people, but for ourselves. But then also my question was, what gets in the way? Like what's, what's stopping us from living every day like that? And I felt like perhaps, is it the fact that we don't have these other definitions for success? Um, so then that's what, why we started to start talking about, you know, just, just doing it can be success and you can get success out of like creative fulfillment. And then this week we'll talk more about what other, uh, ways can we define success? Well, one of the big things, and you know, I, I've experienced this and I'm sure a lot of you guys have as well, is that moment when you decide that you want to go pro and it happens, that is a massive success. The moment when you can maybe leave behind a day job or you finish your education in whatever field you, you're working in and then you go into full-time employment in that field, the day. <laughs> Sometimes it isn't a day. Sometimes it's around a time when one type of work that isn't your creative pursuit falls away where, where you're create and then your creative stuff starts to come in more. For me, that's definitely, um, how it happened. So I had this, you know, operational job that I, I described in, I've described many times, but I talked about it in the last, um, episode. And then once I decided I wanted to be an actor and I started sort of getting myself educated in that field and trained, I started temping because it was the best thing I was skilled to do that had gave me the flexibility to be able to go to auditions and to be able to, you know, go to classes and just do everything that I needed to do to make this work while still putting food on the table. And then I started doing stand up and that changed quite a lot because then once I'd sort of done a few months of like open mic stuff, people started to offer me gigs and it was literally like five quid here and there, 20 quid here and there to start with. It's not like your first gig necessarily. I mean, some people might be lucky, but for most um, comedians, it's like your first gig that someone will split the the door take with you and you'll end up with £4.50 or something. But it was something and it was a start. And it meant that I had a little bit more agency over how much money I earned. If I did more gigs, I would earn more money. And if I got better, I would get better fees. Not always, because some gigs are not very well paid, even though they're great gigs and you're great. But yeah, it just gave me the opportunity to earn a little bit more money. Um, and they and people were saying it takes about 18 months, two years sometimes to for a comedian to go pro. Well, I started getting like little TV gigs here and there. And then I got booked on this um, TV show called Tonightly, which um, 
was basically sort of a co-host to Jason Manford, who was the, the, the main presenter of the show. And it was kind of the beginning of the end of me having to temp and do all this other stuff. And it was just such a glorious moment when I realized, I think I'm in a position to let this go. Now, for me, it wasn't like, oh, and now I've got loads of money. I'm, I'm really comfortable. I'm very, you know, secure financially. It was, I was still calculating my income week to week. Can I afford, okay, what do I need to earn this week to be able to, you know, be able to pay my mortgage or to be able to pay for whatever and pay, keep my car running and da, 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 because I had a car at the time. So going pro is not, there's not a, the day before you go pro and then the day after when you do go pro, everything's gravy, you know, everything's like, you know, financially secure. It can be a precarious balance that you have to, and it can be stressful as well that, that you have to sort of keep uh, applying yourself and really hustle. That's where I was. I was in a high hustle <laughs> because I, um, yeah, I had to do everything that I could to make sure that this new status that I had of gone pro I could hold on to. And by the way, I wasn't exclusively working as a stand-up. I was doing all kinds of little bits and pieces. I was sort of doing little writing jobs here and there, acting work, obviously, and the stand-up. And um, occasionally I get thrown a little presenting job or something like low key, something or other contributing on TV shows like Talking Heads, which, you know, I wouldn't do necessarily now. But at the time I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be on TV and, you know, people are going to listen to what I have to say. Lesson learned about shouting your mouth off on Talking Heads that can come back and bite you. But um, that's another story. Uh, Yeah, the point is, is like it wasn't smooth sailing. I still had to hustle. But the point is, uh, or the experience that I was reveling in and the success that I was experiencing was that I had finally been able to go pro doing only creative things. I didn't have to temp anymore. I didn't have to do promotions work. Um, I didn't have to be on a reception desk anywhere. That was definitely a measure of success for me. And it may be that that for you would be a place to aim for and and an experience that you can give yourself for feeling successful. Equally, it may be something you've already achieved and you've forgotten how hard you worked to get there and that you've forgotten the success that you had in in achieving that and maintaining it. And I feel like going pro is almost like the junction between spirit and material success, because it's taking the the kind of mm, universe, spiritual kind of joy of creating and that success and marrying it with material issues of like, can I earn enough money to pay my wages or pay my pay, you know, to, to support my life, how I live it. And it's sort of bringing those two together by going pro being at being a creative. It's almost like marrying those two. So I think it's a really, it's such a big deal. It's not even just about the practicalities of it. I think energetically and emotionally and spiritually, I think it's such a big deal in a creative's life, that moment where they can just go, this is my job. Or I was going to say, these are my jobs, but they're all creative ones. You know what I mean? And this is what's sustaining me. This is what's putting a roof over my head. This is what's keeping the house warm. This is what's putting food on the table. And that, my friends, is a big win. So guys, thanks again uh, to everyone that is supporting this podcast on Patreon and Acast. If you would like to join the party, 
and support this podcast with a monthly contribution, then head over to patreon.com creative source with Andy Osho. And there you will see that there are different tiers of support. And uh, yeah, you can just get behind the one that works for you. And if a monthly thing isn't your jam, then please head over to Acast and you can just drop a little something in the tip jar as it were um and just uh, make a one-off contribution there but every penny goes to just keeping this podcast going and it is very appreciated so thank you to those already supporting and a thank you in advance to anyone that decides to support from today what else what else what else what other ways can we categorize or define success in our field so that it's more so, so it's more than just about the material. Well, it can be about the material. It doesn't, it doesn't, the material stuff is not bad in and of itself, right? So let's not pretend that that isn't a metric by which we can measure success. Someone said to me once that money is energy. So financial success is actually more than just like amassing money. It gives you some, um, what's the word, uh, security, essentially a foundation to, in which you can, you know, conduct your life, live the way that you want to invest in yourself. It makes, it makes a lot of things possible. That's the way the world currently is organized that money can make things happen. Money isn't the only thing that can make things happen. Sex can too, but that's a, that's a podcast that I'm not doing. Um, but many things can make things happen. I don't even know why I said sex because I don't know. Anyway, but also when I say, when I talk about financial success as a, as a measure of creativity, I'm not, I'm not necessarily just talking about having loads of money. Yes, that's one way of looking at um, finances in the context of creativity, but earning anything could be considered a goal, depending on where you're looking from. If you've been doing what you do on an amateur level for years and years and years, and then suddenly people start paying you to do what you do, or you start selling what you uh, have created, and therefore you're starting to generate an income out of your creativity, that is success. Or for you, it might be, okay, I've been earning some money, but I want a degree of self-sufficiency. I want to be able to maintain my lifestyle purely off what I earn out of what I create, i.e. going pro, which is what we just discussed. That could be a success. Then or you might have some personal goals that you want your creativity to financially support. Say, for example, you wanted to buy a house, never owned a house, but that's really what your goal is. And then therefore that financial success that you get through your creativity can allow you to have that. Or, mate, you might just have some massive ambition to be minted. You just might want to be rich for some reason. Um, it does look like fun, but I, 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 I mean, you listen to the money episodes. We, we talk about what the, the uh, challenges, the champagne challenges, <laughs> the champagne problems that can come along with being rich. So it's not necessarily everyone's goal. So, so financial success doesn't necessarily mean a pile of cash. It means what it means to you. If earning, just earning anything where you haven't earned anything before for doing something is your goal, that's as legitimate a goal as I would like to make £75,000 this year. They're both legitimate goals and they're both, and they both could be considered measures of your success. It's all about your own personal definition. 
you could also have a, a sort of goals based approach to your creativity in terms of defining your success. Like you have a specific outcome in mind. Now, it could be something like, oh, I want to win a particular award. I, w- I want this type of recognition in my field. I want, I want these types of c- collaborations. I think they're really, they can be really useful measures of success in, in terms of like, you know, what goal you may have set out for yourself. Like, I want to be working with these types of individuals who are at this level. Like, I want to, you, you could be um, a filmmaker who's just starting out and you're like, you know, I just want to work only with professional actors. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with non-professional actors, but, you know, there's certain things that come along with when you get to work with an actor who has trained or has worked in their field for a long time, is getting paid for it and blah, 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 blah. So that might be an ambition, a specific goal that a filmmaker has. Whatever it is in your field, one can set a goal and say, yeah, when I, when I achieve that, that, that will be a success for me. Not to say, by the way, not to say that until you achieve that, you are not successful. And only when you achieve that, can you say that you're a success, but that it is a success for you when you achieve that thing. Because as um, Gwenefer said, she says, um, my big life lesson on that is that even if you search for success, you are not defined by it. Your worth doesn't depend on how well you do. You are always worthy of love and appreciation. And it's such an important point. So I Anything we're saying here is not to say that these successes give you as a creative more value. It's really an interior job of allowing you to define it by your own definition, but only if you want to, right? I think that's an important point too, is that I'm not saying one has to have any of these definitions or have a different definition at all. Um, You could just be living your best life and just seeing where life takes you. Feeling successful is not a prerequisite of being able to play the game. And just the sheer joy of playing the game is the only entry card. But I'm just talking about, are there other ways? That, so, so, so this conversation is really just about, are there other ways that we can look at success? If success is a thing that you want to cultivate in your creative life, right? And so goals are a very good, they're a good carrot for you. You know, they're a good way to keep you and keep your career moving and give you the opportunity to experience success. Hello, I'm Roisin Conaty, and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. All right, but that is what I think. How's about we have a little bit of bite-sized advice from the wonderful Thaddea Graham? Success. Oh my goodness. I don't like this word. I think it's kind of a, I suppose it's a toxic word because I think there's a very specific connotation with it and everyone's definition of success I think is actually very different um I don't I, I don't see success as having done a hundred thousand jobs and being really rich and really famous and really uh, in the public eye that's not what I think success is I think success is doing something that you enjoy that you love and that makes you happy and being a good person to your family and your friends like that's what I would describe as a successful person and I know people view worth as different things 
But um, yeah, I think everyone judges and defines success in different ways. So just, again, don't let other people's perceptions dictate what that is for you. Um, you, you can be successful in so many ways and just be happy with what you're doing. So that was the wonderful Thaddea Graham, uh, who, um, oh gosh, what a lovely attitude towards success. She's absolutely right. This is what we've been talking about, about there's so many different ways to define it. And it's not necessarily about the trappings or the received ideas of what success should look like. Just enjoying what you're doing and being good to your friends and family can be uh, as, as valid a measure of success as any other. And that can be your goal. That could be, that could legitimately be, if you were going to have some goal-based thing, that that could be what your goal is. And she's right as well, in the sense of like, it is really just for you. What we're talking about here, different ways of looking at it, different ways of measuring it, categorizing, whatever, it is literally just for you, just for you to be able to experience success if that's something that you want in your creative career. I mean, what more can I say? Other than, of course, to remind you how great Thaddea Graham is. I met her on curfew uh, a few years ago now, four years ago. And um, most recently she was in the Irregulars Netflix series about uh, the uh, young urchins solving problems, uh, solving problems, (laughs) not problems, crimes, mysteries um, with, uh, I think it's... uh, to do Sherlock Holmes? Are they like his contemporaries or something? And they, they solve crimes and he takes the credit. No, it can't be Sherlock Holmes. No, wait, hang on a minute. I'm not having this. I need to get this right. Yes. All right. So it's set in Victorian London. The series follows a gang of troubled street teens, street teens, uh, who are manipulated into solving crimes for the sinister Dr. Watson and the mysterious business partner and his mysterious business partner, the elusive Sherlock Holmes. I was right. That's what I thought it was. And Thaddea is one of these um, troubled street teens. In fact, she's the lead. She's incredible in it. And uh, she gives some good, sound, solid advice. Smart head on those young shoulders, let me tell you. If you want to be part of the Creative Source Network, which is just like a made-up thing that I created on Facebook. It's a Facebook group, basically. If you want to join that group and just keep the conversation going, meet other fellow creatives who have got into the podcast and just want to, you know, I don't know, chat creativity, maybe collaborate, that type of thing, then head over to the Creative Source Network, which is a Facebook group. Uh, The link is in the show notes to keep the conversation going. So lastly, um, I mean, I'm sure there are many, many ways of doing this, of, of defining this or, you know, carving up this thing called success into bite-sized pieces we can use and enjoy in our own careers. Um, but I'm just going to, the last one I'm going to um, look at is fame, because sometimes that is legitimately one measure of success for some people. Uh, you know, uh, they look at that, they look at somebody who is quote unquote famous in their field and say they are successful specifically because 
uh, they have fame. Now, fame is going to be a topic that we'll talk about in more detail in other episodes. But if fame is your measure of success, and by that, that can also mean just recognition for your work, then that could be a measure, that could be a way that you measure your success. But it doesn't have to be on the telly or in movies famous or getting written about all the time famous, you can create your own definitions of fame. Because, I mean, it's not you're creating your own definitions, but you can you can define it in your in a way that works for you. Because if your goal is, oh, I want to be recognized for my work in my industry, because some people are well known within their industry, but nobody else would have ever have heard of them. Like, for example, if you're a costume designer who works on TV and film and you you are uh, well known within the industry of you worked on some really great shows that have got really distinctive looks, say, for example, on The Handmaid's Tale or something like that. You will industry wide be known uh, by your peers and probably by producers who are potentially hiring people in your position. Right. But the man on the street who might know the name of a handful of actors probably isn't going to know that person's name. But that person may not be looking for that type of um, recognition. They may not be looking for sort of Viola Davis, um, sort of Leonardo DiCaprio levels of fame. They just may want recognition within their industry. And so if you've achieved that or if that is one of your goals, that's totally a measure of uh, success. Um, you can have fame on different levels as well, because, you know, it it is possible to be, say, for example, a famous local artist or a famous local musician. Everybody knows you on the local scene in, you know, fill in the blank of like wherever it is you live or perform. So that is the type of fame because what fame gives you is it's almost like a calling card. People know a little bit more about you and what you create and the quality of what you create ahead of time. That's why on like, say, for example, panel shows, when there are really famous comedians on the panel, it's it's a little, I would argue, a little bit easier for them because their persona precedes them and tells half of the joke already. Like, you know, you know, those, um, comedians who they don't have to say very much and the audience are already laughing in anticipation of who they're going to be. I mean, there's this famous instance with Norman Lovett, who uh, I don't know if you you guys remember uh, Red Dwarf. The original Holly on Red Dwarf was a guy uh, played by a guy called Norman Lovett. But he also did stand up. And famously, like there was one show where he just walked on stage and just stood, stared at the audience, just looked at the audience. And he's got this real hangdog um, face, hangdog expression, probably looks a little bit older than his years, probably. And a little bit like he's got a world weary kind of tone to his voice. And he, it went on for quite a few minutes. And then he just went, what? And the audience fell about laughing. And that's what fame does is they know a little bit of this guy's persona. They would have seen him on lots of TV shows and seen him on Red Dwarf and stuff like that. And they know his vibe. So it's sort of ahead of time tells them a little, tells them a lot about who he is and where he's coming from. So fame facilitates something. So don't feel embarrassed that that might be something you want. I mean, I think it's, I've mentioned this before and I can't remember who the actor was that said it. I think it might be Kevin Bacon who said that any actor who says that they don't want to be famous is lying. And that probably is a a motivating factor at some point for most people, certainly in 
you know, the arts where your face is your tool, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if your body or your face is the thing that's your tool, as opposed to your easel, your pen or whatever, then mm, it's, it's, it's likely that fantasies of fame have come into your mind. They may have gone again. I'm not saying that that's what motivates all actors, but certainly at some point, many actors have had that thought. Nothing wrong with it. And, you know, there's layers of it. You can be famous within your industry, just like that costume designer um, example that I was giving. You could be famous locally, nationally, continentally. You could be famous in Europe, for example. Internationally. Yes, that's the level of fame that you could you could aim for, that you could measure your success by if that is what is important to you. But the point is, is, is there's no there's no shame in wanting recognition for the work that you do in the creative industries the way that the world is the what creatives create can generate a lot of recognition whether they want it or not it's really interesting when you find that um certain actors who've gotten like very very famous are incredibly shy like that wasn't what they set out for they they their intention was not the fame but the fame came through the recognition of their work but there's nothing wrong with wanting it I guess I would say as long as that's not your primary focus, because then you're going to make choices not based on any sense of artistry or craft, but more what's going to make me the most famous. And as we're going to discuss in the final episode on this, there's certain um, desires that if they sort of come to the fore, if they're the primary ones that you're not, you may not necessarily have the most rewarding experience of success. And whilst fame is, and I honestly, I I say this hand on heart, is as legitimate a, a measure as any other, there may be another paradigm, not just another definition, but another paradigm through which we can look at this thing of success so that it almost sort of eclipses some of those things that we've already previously talked about doesn't negate them, but it kind of eclipses them. So that's what we'll talk about on next week's um, episode, a new perspective or paradigm on success. And I'll also have some more awesome bite-sized advice on this very topic from some well-known folks who, you know, are successful. And so, you know, it'd be good to hear the thoughts that they have to share on this. You guys, thank you so much for listening. It is just such a joy to share this conversation with you. Thank you also to Thadia Graham for the bite-sized advice, to the listener comment from Gwynifer, who is, she always so generously shares uh, her thoughts on uh, creativity and is very honest and authentic with it too. So thank you. Um, thank you to Martin Lumsden for the post-production, to Clydesdale Music for the theme tune and to Anya Stobart for the marketing. This has been Creative source and um, please stay in touch with us on socials links in the show notes and until next time keep creating and keep living in gratitude i will see you all very very soon sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more.